guess it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. And welcome to a late night dilly dilly. And what a dilly day it has been. And what a dilly dilly night. It's just been terrific. All kinds of good things going on. Big announcements to make tonight. People bubbling over with enthusiasm about football season. We're watching wall to wall Florida stuff, Gator stuff. Watching the Believer on the ESPNU, Steve Spurrier's story. What a What a coach. You forget about how good a coach he was until you see that again. And great news tonight for the Gator Nation Kingdom. The new sideline reporter taking the place of our friend Brady Ackerman is former tight end Tate Casey, who today was named as Brady's replacement on the Gator Radio Network. And congratulations, Tate, for that. But also congratulations for the other news involved in that. There's something else to it I want to share with you. How about this little irony? The 3,000th member of the Gator Nation Kingdom, boy, we are on fire, GNK, is none other than Tate Casey himself, who joined the group today right at the perfect time. There's some kind of magic there happening that Tate Casey becomes the sideline reporter for Mick Hubert and the team, and the same day becomes a 3,000th member of GNK. Here's an old black and white picture to celebrate that. There he is. He was stuffed, scrappy, tight end, could catch the ball, made some big catches for the Gators, and we had a nice note back from Tate. He said, I'll be glad to come and help you anytime. <coughs> so he'll be on the show soon. We'll get his take on things, and he'll be your sideline reporter. So what a great way to start a day today. Uh, also, we're just scratching the surface. Of course, tonight on the show, we've got CD Farms as our sponsor, Late Night Daily Daily, and joined by Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. We appreciate very much those folks supporting this show. And then we've got some other news to talk about regarding our uh, – our upcoming football season. If you haven't heard by now, well, the tailgates are on. Bubba Ennis, the chief knight, announcing today, tonight, that we will have tailgates for Gator Nation Kingdom members for the hopefully the entire season, starting with the opening game, Charleston Southern, and we'll have them right there on the Gator Walk. And those tents we had for the spring game. Wow, that's big news. Find out how you can get involved and how you can help participate in it. And we've taken this thing on, and now let's go get it done. Very, very exciting news. We're going to be getting together. Our Gator Nation family will be getting together as we say good evening to all you folks. Coming up in just a moment, our pal Boots on the Ground guy in Gainesville. We're going to have a new Prime, Mark's Prime, Prime video tonight of something that we thought was pretty cool, which we saw over the weekend. Uh, and actually, you most of you saw it and commented on it. So we'll tell you more about that a little bit later on in uh, just a moment. And so good evening to David Soderquist and John Enrico and uh, the whole team who worked so hard today to bring us into 3,000 members. Remember, this is just since December. This is all because of you. A lot of special thank yous, particularly Lynn Tindall. Kudos, buddy. You did one heck of a job. And you've been working hard, and you have, it has paid off. So here we come. 
It's just going to go blowing up. Roger Burns, Robert Coville, Steve Flavin, Eric Stoltz. I can't name you all tonight. There's so many of you online. Glad to have you on. Be sure and like and share and spread the word. The Gator Nation Kingdom is coming for you. And we have got a terrific membership. We've got great members and two more members today. Who Listen to this. Who also joined today. Remember Sharif Floyd? What a monster he was. And the Earl of Tackle, as it was named by Jane of the North. Earl Everett. Remember making the tackle without a helmet in the Ohio State game? Earl Everett, a member of the Gator Nation game. We've got lots of former Gator players. I can't say former Gators because once you're a Gator, you're always a Gator. But they join uh, as well today. So many of the members of the Gator family join the Gator Nation kingdom. So much to talk about tonight. So uh, thank you again for all the great work that you've been doing out there. So congratulations to Casey. Uh, as we will get a hold of Graham in just a moment, first I want to be sure and tell you about some of our fine sponsors, including the one you see on our screen, CD Farms. The folks at CD Farms, of course, their vegetable season is pretty much over. Uh, Tracy, uh, of course, who does a fantastic job. She's the boss lady. Uh, Decubulus, Tracy Workman Decubulus, and our friend, the, doc, the good doctor himself, Chris, uh, are getting ready for the fall uh, production of their beef, and they're filling up for freezers for you if you'd like to be involved. We have numbers we'll put on the screen later. Uh, it's actually, I'll just tell you what it is, 352-443-5535, and call them and tell them if you'd like to be interested in some nice yearling steers that they can raise for you, and with a locally sourced, natural produced steer, pasture fed, and they will be able to work with local butchers to make sure your beef or pork is cut and wrapped to specifications. People can buy a whole half quarter steer or a whole half a hog Take deposits on steers and hogs. CD Farms, you can go to CD Farms uh, uh, on Facebook uh, and cdfarmsgmail.com. There'll be more information here for you as you go along. We'll be having some of that good uh, barbecue and some of that beef at our tailgates, no doubt. Again, thanks to Chris, Tracy and Chris and CD Farms Florida. And let me just also say that the good folks uh, who were out at, uh, at Mark's Prime, who we really appreciate, their participation as well. Uh, Mark's Prime in Ocala and Gainesville will be sure and point out that you can, if you want a good uh, seafood or steak, check them out. Uh, there are two locations to serve you there. Uh, they've, uh, uh, the Ocala and Gainesville, here's the numbers right here on your screen. Mark's Prime, and here's some of that delicious looking food that they serve. So we got a lot going here on our screen right now. Uh, and uh, we will uh, just remind you, if you want one of the best steaks you ever made in your life, ever ate in your life, check it out right there. Look at that little dish, lobster and filet. Ooh, good stuff. There's the numbers right there to you'll have to know. And I uh, want to remind you that they have a goal to create a unique dining experience for you. Uh, please your palate. Uh, naturally fresh vegetables, uh, terrific meat, finest beef, and the finest seafoods and premium wines. Check it out. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, Gainesville, Ocala, complimentary valet parking service for you. So you want to be sure. And uh, if you haven't been there, well, you missed out. So check that out. All right. Uh, all right. We're getting uh, on to the evening now. We're going to see if we can reach our buddy up at our boots on the ground guy, Graham Hall, who's always got fresh stuff. And today we're going to show a little, uh, tonight, a little video with Graham. <clears throat> Talk about, he shot this. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. Thanks, folks, for hanging around tonight, being a part of this. Appreciate you all being on the program. A big day, 3,000 members. Headball coach coming up in just a moment. Steve Spurrier will join us by tape after we talk to Graham. And then we got Franz Beard, the Iron Duke, wrapping up in the cleanup spot. All happy today. And now I think we've got the minister of information himself. He's there, Graham Hall of the Greensboro Center. How are you, Graham? Doing very well, buddy. Thanks for having me on. And we're all we're almost close to live football. It got a little bit closer today when they hit when they, they put on shoulder pads today. And uh, but a lot of the conversation is centered around the quarterback. I'm I'm here to talk quarterback battle. I'm I'm sure that's what a lot of people want to know. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to show that tape you made too of the weekend that video. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information back and forth. I really appreciated some of the work done by our people. Quentin Cruz did a really good job of watching tape, giving his take on what he saw. And, you know, and he knows a little football. I give him credit. He did. I, I, I like people who study, 
who study and try to bring information. And you do both, which is great. Let's get your take on as it stands. Felipe Franks, well, I guess you say he took the first snap in the camp, but uh, I hear good reports from somebody else, Kyle Trask, right behind him. Give us your assessment. Tell me where we stand on this. Yeah, right now they're evenly splitting reps. So I know Felipe Franks did take the first snaps in the first practice, but they are splitting them pretty evenly between Kyle Trask and Felipe Franks, which if anyone remembers what I was saying last year, I, I don't think that's the best solution going forward. I think that it's in Mullen's best interest to lock down a number one guy as soon as he can and, and go forward, even if that guy doesn't totally blow him away. Um, the, the comments from Dan Mullen today were a little bit concerning, if anything, from Florida. But the key is that they were honest. You know, a lot of flack has been given to Jim McElwain saying that Clarabelle could play quarterback and he felt like he could win with any quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that never happened. Well, Dan Mullen was very honest today that the quarterbacks still aren't at a level of being an elite SEC quarterback, and maybe it's going to be next summer, summer or maybe it's going to be the summer afterwards. So that should pretty much convince anyone that he's not going to throw Emory Jones into the fire. And Felipe Franks really has all the physical tools in the world, but as we all know, it comes down to the mental aspect of the game, and that's what much of the talk is centered around from what he's done in the film room away from the field. He told me and a bunch of other reporters two days ago that it didn't really click for him um, what he had to do away from the field, how much work goes in uh, to being an SEC quarterback away from the field. He didn't really realize that until after spring practice. Uh, talking to Trey, Trevon Grimes and a few other guys, and especially Dan Mullen, they say that Felipe Franks has made an absolute 180-degree change when it comes to his film preparation. He, uh, Grimes told this story that a few nights ago he was watching film at 9.30 at night. He FaceTimed Grimes. And Grimes was like, what are you doing? I'm, I, we'll have practice tomorrow. And he said, hey, I'm just watching this route that you ran in practice. I think you should have done it this way. And Grimes agreed with him. So Franks is always trying to put in the work, it seems, that at least from what he says, it, it, um, outside the film room. But if anything else, Dan Mullen kind of contradicted him that he still is a little bit a while away. But I think the honesty in that, you know, no elite quarterback is out there, but we still can be successful on offense when you look at all the other pieces, is an honest take. And you have to applaud Dan Mullen for not trying to champion a crowd that's very, very hungry for quarterback. He could have easily gone out there like Jim McElwain and said, oh, you know, we ha we're going to have a good quarterback. He's going to be good. They're getting there. But, no, he was honest and said they're still a long way away. They're still realizing. I think that, fair that fairness and that honest assessment is what is so endearing about Dan Mullen. He pretty much just calls it how it is, even when the news isn't very positive. Yes, and I noticed today, and I've kind of noticed more and more as, as people begin to hedge a little bit here and there, What's and I hear the word efficiency a lot lately. What's wrong if you have a guy throwing the ball twenty times a game, and not fumbling, turning it over, not throwing interceptions, and with a, with three fresh backs at all time? I heard Mullen say in his press conference today he wants to run the ball, he wants to own the line of scrimmage, and it looks like that's a goal of his right now. How's the running game shaping up? What are you hearing about lemons? Are you hearing anything more about those three running backs that seem to take the uh, have a have the first three spots? What's happening in the running game? Sure, I guess the best description would be raw. You look at those guys; it's a lot of athleticism, a lot of instinct. They want to make contact. They want to create violence. Darius Lemons has said that he wants to be a violent runner. Now, what Dan Mullen said today, though, is that what they still need to work on is the intricacies of the game. They need to work on the, the footwork aspect. They need to work on the strategy aspect of running. The guys are very good. The running back group is very good at being saying, let's get, give me the ball and let me go run. But really understanding more strategies and scenarios is really what's going to take them to the next level, according to Dan Mullen. You've seen guys like Jordan Scarlett have production. Scarlett almost had a 1,000-yard season two years ago. And you might have even broke it. I don't, I'd have to go back and look. You see guys who have proven production, Michael P. Ryan as well. Darius Lemons has been talked about as being one of the next ones up. This is a running back group that could field six guys, but Mullen said they still have a lot of work to do when it comes to the technique aspect and that all those guys are going to have to earn their playing time. Just because they're a former four-star recruit, like Iverson Clement and Damian Pierce were two of the top 12 running backs in the last class. Just because they come in with a high amount of regard, it doesn't mean they're immediately going to get carries. We could see them go with only three running backs and keep some in the in, in the background or even redshirt some of them. Or we could see six guys get carries. We just don't know yet. It's a little bit too easy to tell, uh, too early to tell. Um, they haven't even, like I said, gone in live action. Quarterbacks haven't been live yet. Um, Mullen said they would get hit at some time, but that hasn't happened yet. They only had shoulder pads on today. 
throughout the rest of the week. Tomorrow's supposed to be full pads, so we'll get a bit, uh, a little bit better. But we haven't seen any live football yet. Um, that's really what's going to determine a lot of it. But I still think it's Jordan Scarlett's job to win mm-hmm. or to lose. Um, but we're, it's just going to be half, what's going to be determined is how many other guys they use in the back. Yeah, you look for those change up too. You looked at those. A little quick shot to the corner with P. Ryan and a quick hope by Malik Davis, and yeah. and and you, you know, those other other things they go and the, and he mentions fresh legs today in the press conference. You're going to have three backs and maybe four, who knows? Uh, and they're going to keep now back to the quarterback position. That is, who is the most efficient guy there, and is it going to be uh, is it going to be Kyle Trask because he's getting good reports too. Yeah, what he's looking for right now is efficiency, and I think that's what you have to look for. Dan Mullen has said it very well, and other people have said it as well. Jim McElwain and Doug Nussmeyer's offense was all about the quarterback going out and making the other 10 guys better on offense. Dan Mullen's offense is about the 10 guys making the quarterback's job easier. All that Florida needs to be successful on offense, when you look at how much talent they have at wide receiver, running back, they have tight ends who have potential, and they have an offensive line still realizing their potential – all they need is a quarterback who can make those checkdowns, go through their progressions, not cause turnovers. Dan Mullen, as much as he has been adamant about getting a game manager quarterback, said that the biggest thing is going to be protecting the football, especially when it comes to the running game. He was kind of joking around today when said what he's looking for in running backs. Protect the ball, protect the quarterback. Now, obviously, that's not necessarily true. You're going to need some ground attack. But all the other guys have to make the quarterback's job um, easier because they don't have some guy like Tua – or a guy like Jake Fromm who's going to go out there and throw for 350 yards on you for in four touchdown passes, and that's going to have, how you're going to win the game. They're going to have to win with some of these checkdown passes, screens, right. slants, go, go routes. Felipe Franks can't win every game with a 50-yard bomb. If he can get those things, protect the football, avoid turnovers, and slowly drive the field down, eat up some clock, keep the defense off the field, that's how Florida's going to win. I hate to be the one to tell people, but they're not going to win through – four 50-yard touchdowns every single game. I know that people are craving those offenses, those Texas Tech shoot em up offenses. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be this Florida team. Any improvement for Felipe, for Felipe Franks will be limiting turnovers and going through methodical uh, his methodical plays, going through his progressions, and not trying to you know hit the Hail Mary route every single game. Unspectacular four-yard plays, as he called it the other day. Uh, that's what he's looking for. But there's nothing wrong with a few of those 50-yard bombs. I said this before. I reluctantly say it again. That's been a theme of mine the whole year. You know, depending on what happens to the uh, uh, to the two transfers, they're now cleared. When you go through the list now and you look at what they've got, uh, top to bottom, and the eight players that I ticked off as wide receivers the other day, uh, you've got a group of wide receivers that's a beyond actually. It's beyond potential. Uh, you see those big, tall receivers like Jefferson getting up there and making those catch. Grimes being spectacular. Some of the moves, you can just tell when a guy goes up the ball what he looks like. It's like a guy going after a rebound, you know, and knowing he's going to put it back for a score. They got that look about them. They're hungry for the ball. They run good routes. They're committed. And all the things that the other guys say about them, including uh, the, the, the receivers and the quarterbacks, is that these guys are serious business. And I think when you got two guys who are like that who are serious, it breeds, it breeds quality and excellence. And I am so high on Billy Gonzalez. So let's just say again, I could be accused of looking through the world or uh, blue glasses. But when you talk about quality receivers and running backs, this Florida football team has got them. They just can't beat themselves and shoot themselves in the foot and not be throwing four interceptions and fumbling the ball twice. They don't turn it over. And they get some decent play, which I think they will. They uh, don't give up sacks. This team has got a chance to put some points on the board and put some hurting on some defenses. Yeah, it's really going to be unfortunate if the quarterback play even isn't even you know average because you look at how much talent they have at wide receiver. The two transfers, Cleveland has worked all summer on becoming an all-around receiver. Kadarius Tony will be dangerous in the slot. Dre Massey, people have forgotten about. Daquan Green is a former four-star wide receiver. Jacob Copeland should see the field as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You look at other guys, I'm leaving out Josh Hammond, Freddie Swain. Yeah. And then you have guys like Kamari Gamble, a former four-star tight end. Lucas Cruel, six foot seven. I mean, if they don't manage to at least throw for 200 plus yards every single game, it's going to be a real shame. 
because they have more talent, pass-catching talent, than has been at Florida in probably seven years. Dre, Dre Massey, you know, Frank yeah. Swain, Kadarius Tony, and, you know, and, and all in all, and you got – we say, here, I like a broken record, but I was there and I saw it. Ten years ago, the best group of wide receivers I've seen in Florida since Ike and Redell and Jack West and all that stuff. Billy Gonzalez was the coach then, and Billy Gonzalez, Gonzalez is the coach now, and he's having a big impact on – what play? He's a major input. Probably has more to do with the offensive uh, game plan than than John Hevesy does. And absolutely, opinion. his route tree and his pedigree yeah. speak for itself. There's a reason guys want to play for Billy Gonzalez because he's very harsh on you in a sense of progression. There's no excuses for footwork. I mean, you get this far being a wide receiver in high school from your hands, then he's going to make you an elite wide receiver through your footwork and what you're going to put in when it comes to getting off the line. People forget how much, you know, they think it's all about, being, you know, catching passes when you're a wide receiver. You have to use your hands to jostle, beat guys off the line, fake, sell plays, use your eyes. Those little things are going to make Florida's wide receivers much better. And no offense to Kerry Dixon, he wasn't really the kind of teacher like that. Billy Gonzalez is. There's a reason Jacob Copeland signed with Florida. It's because when Billy Gonzalez came in his visit, um, during the December period, right after the signing day, he came in and said, listen, this is I like this is what you're doing, but I can make you better. And he showed him rather than giving him the recruiting spiel. That's what Billy Gonzalez does. And I, I'm going to say it again. If they don't get a lot of production, considering the running backs, tight ends, improved offensive line comes to starters and the wide receivers, it's all going to be on the quarterback. And it's going to be a real shame because we're going to look back like you're doing right now about the 2008 class. And we're going to look back and say yeah. they had more wide receiver talent than they had in a decade. But the quarterback let them all down. That's going to be the only thing, and it's going to be a real shame. And that's why there's so much pressure on Felipe Franks because it seems like he's really the only option. No offense to Kyle Trask or Emory Jones, but if they're really going to have a chance to win SEC games, it's probably going to be Felipe Franks just because of the physical stature that he brings. Yeah. Graham Hall in the house. A couple more minutes. i got to get a couple quick questions in before we show this video. Uh, somebody wants to know whether or not uh, uh, they read or heard that uh, Felipe Franks is rooming with the wide receivers. I believe it was uh, Grimes. I read that he and Grimes were in a room together. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I think know. that's I what I read. Yeah, I read it was Grimes. That and, uh, yeah, uh, that that's, makes sense. Sure. I believe I mean, I'm they, correct they, on that. Somebody will correct me. Yeah, which is again and talk about how they talk football all the time. Uh, people are asking about penalties. It's too early that, but uh, Joe Fulford wants to know. It says uh, players involved in those season scuffles. Will those suspensions be long-term, three or four games, or one, two games? I don't know. But. No, maybe one, maybe two games at most. Um, from what I was told, they already plan to uh, suspend Kyrie uh, Campbell and Kadarius Tony just for the airsoft rifle. I don't know if anything else um, is going to come of that. Uh, I think that the biggest thing for Kadarius Tony and them is because, really, they didn't get charged with a crime. Um, it could have gone so much worse, but you don't, you know, harshly penalize people if things – didn't go as poorly as possible you try and use it as a teaching tool and that's what dan mullen's doing um you know you referenced the church video i don't know if people saw it on twitter it actually is the church that i grew up in i i didn't well, know hold on a second We're, hold on a second we're just going to roll that <laughs> baby right in here and see if we can right. uh roll that you can probably yeah i gotta get a new phone camera i'm sorry everybody focus is kind of broken for some reason <laughs> Is the video showing? Sorry, I don't know if it's... Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't know they were gonna be there. Yeah. No, it wasn't. ...up in advance. And yeah, even if you're not a religious person or you don't believe in whatever, the fact is that they're together, dressed as one, in common shirts, going someplace to do something constructive, which I think is a bonding experience. That video right there told me as much about this team as a team unit as anything I've seen so far this fall. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And they had practice afterwards. And, um, you know, when you're a football player and you're working so hard and it's a Sunday morning, sometimes it makes sense that you want to sleep in but the whole team was together getting breakfast beforehand. And there were about 100 people there for the football program, including the coaches. Um, and they were all participating in a service that was pretty foreign to them. Um, you know, every church is different. And 
they, uh, you know, they, they tackled it with a good amount of enthusiasm for sure, considering they were going to practice as well afterwards at 2.30. Um, so yeah, it was, I was surprised that they were there. The church didn't advertise it, that they were coming. It was set up back in May by Dan Mullen. They're also going to go to two other churches in Gainesville over the rest of the season mm-hmm. um, as a team because Dan Mullen thinks that's very important. And I didn't put this out there, but I can let everyone know this. Um, you know, you talk about punishments for Kadarius Tony and how you can lo- use it as a learning exercise. Dan Mullen sat in the front row of the church service. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony sat right next to him. Hmm. Nice. So <laughs> I don't know if they're using things like that, but Dan Mullen is looking after Kadarius Tony, and that's maybe his way of doing it. Because really, like I said, no crime was char- uh, given, but it's obviously you know, a grave scenario. Um, it could have gone a lot worse, and Dan Mullen is seeming to take him under his wing, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, so though that, that's, that thing sort of, uh, sort of hit me when I saw it. So good job by you. Let's wrap it Thanks. up and let you get out of here. i got a, the head ball coach waiting here. It's not like you wait too long. Wait. Uh, and uh, give me a final, what do you expect this week to happen and – and uh, what's on tap for tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be out there tomorrow when they practice from about 3.30 to 6 um, in, in pads. I don't think it's in full pads. They had shoulder pads today. I think they're going to add a few more. Um, in the, they'll have shells on, but I don't think it's going to be full pads. They're going to keep adding more contact. They threw a lot of the, at the guys over the last few days, and now I've kind of worked on the particulars and ironing out the details. But pretty soon we're going to see some live action. I think that'll be by the end of the week. Um, I'm really interested to see how the reps get divvied up um but i'll have a lot more updates coming throughout the week on gatorsports.com um they have every day to practice except saturday i believe or, or except friday i believe i'll have to go check that august 9th whatever august 9th is if that's thursday or whatnot um so it's going to be a busy week for sure check out all of that on gatorsports.com any other questions you have you can shoot me a email or reach out to me on twitter or on here as well and i'm always happy to talk football with you buddy and and thanks for having me on Gator Nation. Kingdom. Hey, we'll put you up on the um, the board again and your Twitter. And next time you're up, we'll get your numbers and your email address for folks who do. We really appreciate you keeping them in the loop uh, and letting them there. Once again, here's twi- here's a Twitter. Your Twitter feeds on the screen. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again hopefully later in the week. Everybody says thank you. Great information. The Minister of Information does it again. Good stuff, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Be buddy. back soon. Thank Thanks, you. buddy. All right. One of our favorites, obviously. Uh, we got to go and do this quickly because we're running out of time. Uh, we're going to be sure and uh, get our information in here and tell you about Daniel Hightower. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. All right, thanks very much, Daniel L. Hightower. L. Hightower, lawyer fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Uh, I want to tell you about, not that, we've already told you about that. I want to be sure and tell you about uh, Center State Bank, uh, who was the sponsor tomorrow, Center State Bank Tuesday. Uh, and uh, their, 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 their whole core values thing is important to them. We'll be over there at the Center State Bank for the August 22nd uh, Quarterback Club Family Night, Ocala Quarterback Club. And uh, we'll be uh, the community and the bank that uh, that cares about the community. In fact, it's in their uh, in their principles. They 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 point out there's centered on community and customer service. Their core values include uh, being locally market driven, uh, have a long term horizon on f- their financial picture, world class server service, and and relationship banking. So Center State Bank uh, has that wonderful second floor gallery up there where we'll be with Megan Mullen uh, when she speaks at the Quarterback Club. Information available on the Quarterback Club. I'll put it up later among those folks who have helped us out on this. Frank Cannon, Ocala Orthopedic, uh, who has uh, been a longtime supporter of sports like the Quarterback Club, one of our club champions. Uh, Dr. Cannon is a longtime community supporter of sports and board-certified fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in sports medicine, uh, reconstruction, total joints, um, and uh, arthroscopic surgery, fracture care, and workers' compensation. Dr. Cannon 
uh, has been a longtime Gator booster, and uh, we appreciate all the things he has done for us at the Ocala Quarterback Club, along with others uh, like uh, our, our friend Danny Williams, who's a longtime uh, fan of sports, a Gator fan, former Dun Allen High School athlete, and Danny is uh, Danny Williams appraisal. Uh, it's a place to go to get your house or your property appraised. His information is over here. Danny Williams, uh, uh, there it is right there in front of you. If you need somebody who knows the market, who's been around, who's to give you an unbiased and uh, honest appraisal uh, in Central Florida, Marion County, Levy County, Lichens County, Lake County, Sumter County, Lodgeburg County, uh, with a team of appraisers, so over 45 years of honest, reliable appraisal service, call them right here. There's a number up on the screen right there. Uh, and they will help take care of your needs. I promise you that. Daddy is a very big part of our Scott Brantley Trophy scouting team and what have you. And so we appreciate very much those folks making it possible for us. All right. We thank you for that. And we will take a quick break. And we'll actually, I'm going to take a break. We're going to go talk to the head ball coach. Uh, we spoke with Coach Spurrier a little earlier today. Out to the hotline now, let's talk to uh, the head ball coach. Uh, he is uh, not in retirement. He's just sort of holding it and waiting for the next job to start. Steve Spurrier, coach, are you in Gainesville or are you in Crescent Beach? Oh, I'm back in Gainesville. Uh, we were there a couple of days over the weekend. But, uh, yeah, good to be back in town. Watched the Gators practice a little bit uh, yesterday. And uh, today I think they went real early. Uh, but I was in the office most of the day and doing some stuff. And uh, watching the Gators a little bit, went down there and talked with Billy Gonzalez, the offensive coordinator, watched actually a little one-on-one pass uh, they did in practice the other day. So, yeah, I'm sort of getting back into football mentality. It's uh, getting to be uh, August and then September. And, of course, we don't play in the Alliance League until uh, February of 2019. But I think all of us coaches that are in it, and uh, we don't know who the players are going to be yet, but uh, we're, we're getting fired up and sort of getting ready to go. Yeah, I, I know that uh, you got out of that beach mode, back in football mode, and now you got you say you – we'll talk about that uh, alliance uh, job in just a minute. Uh, there seems to be, without knowing a whole lot and watching from a distance and reading and watching videos and stuff, seems like there's a little more pep and a step out there right now uh, for Coach Mullen. Those guys seem to be moving quick. They're paying attention. They look physically fit. It's hard to tell, but on the hoof after a couple of days, what do you think? Yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot. Uh, I, I did watch a little bit of practice the other day, but it's early. You know, it's early. Uh, they're they're moving around. Uh, I do think we got a lot of good players, excellent coaching. And, uh, in fact, I just left Dan Mullen a little while ago, and I told him uh, he was in his office watching some practice tape. I come be bopping by. I got through working out, and I always walk through the coach's office, see what's going on a little bit. And, uh, anyway, I said, uh, Dan, I watched – 2008 national championship game when uh, skaters beat uh, Oklahoma down in the Orange Bowl. Tim Tebow, you know, had the big game and so forth. Percy Harvin and defense played great. But I told Dan, I said, let me tell you something. You called a hell of a game in that championship game. He got a smile on his face. I said, y'all, you guys stayed on the field. Oklahoma was a good team that year. They were really good. And Charlie Strong called a heck of a game. It, it, it was a really wonderful team victory. Defense played well. The offense, Tebow must run the ball 25 times and then hit some crucial passes in the fourth quarter. So I, I know you were down there for that, yeah. and a whole bunch of Gators were down there. I guess that was our last sort of big hoorah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've won a conference championship since 08. And we've won a national oh, wow. since 08. But uh, had a lot of good wins, but uh, that was that was a big hoorah down there. 2008 in the Orange Bowl, and it was packed with Gators. So it was it was on the SEC Network last night, mm. and it was fun to watch. I bet it was. And by the way, you know, you you talk a lot about uh, college football. Whether you're, you're, I guess you're still doing your show on ESPNU. I suppose you'll be doing it, hopefully, um, with those guys. Yeah, we're, we are. Yeah, and, and I was listening to ESPNU. I listen to him a lot because I have a couple of friends there, David Moulton and different people who work there. And I heard these two guys I didn't really know, and I didn't know who they were. And they're talking about college football, great teams, okay? Now, now this went on for about 15 minutes, and I really was driving, kind of paying half attention. 
And they talked with all the great teams the last 20 years. They named everybody you could think of. Penn State, Ohio State, USC, Notre Dame, Alabama, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they never mentioned the Florida Gators one time. Now, has, have, has Florida fallen off the map that far? Or do people just forget about you for crying out loud? I couldn't believe they couldn't get a Are mention. Are you talking about uh, you're talking about uh, teams for this coming year? Or no, in the last past? 20 years. Last twenty years, yeah. they didn't mention the '96. Never Gators mentioned team? the Florida Gators. They were saying, "Oh, these dominant teams. These teams did that." Never one time yeah. in a fifteen-minute conversation. And I don't know who these guys were. It could have been anybody. I don't know. Never. And I'm thinking to myself, could it be that much out absent from your mind? Is it because Florida hasn't won a chance? I don't know what that's about. Do you? Uh well, I <laughs> I don't worry about all that. I, I do know. Uh, our '96 team uh, not only won the national championship and went 12 and one, but we also led the nation in scoring. We scored more points than everybody else. I got the plaque to show for it. Mm-hmm. In fact, Chris Lowe was in town today, up in the office, and uh, I said, "You know, we all show our championship trophies, but if you're an offensive coordinator and you led the nation in scoring, you're sort of proud of that." So uh, I got a plaque from the NCAA that they used to honor the team that did that. So I would like to think we were up there amongst them, but that's no big deal one way or the other. I hope they put that 95 Nebraska team as number one because they, oh, they never had a close game that year. Oh, Coach man. Osborne told me it was a dominant defensive team as well as a running team with, uh, of course, uh, Tommy Frazier. And, uh, of course, they snuck Lawrence Phillips back in there against us. No. Uh, 20, 22 years later, he would never have played. Uh, you know, he beat up his girlfriend, drug yeah. her up and down the stairs and this kind of thing. Right. And Coach Osborne was trying to help the kids, so he brought him back for the bowl game. Mm-hmm. I think he ran for about 150 or something against us. and <laughs> They only ran for 500 yards mm-hmm. against the, us mighty Gators, and we were 12-0 and 0 going into that game. Yeah. Uh, but it was, just, it was one of those nights, buddy, that bad stuff. I mean, it happened from the beginning of the game to almost the end and they they just were better than us and so forth and we learned a lot though and mm-hmm. next year we came back and, and won right. it all as you know yeah absolutely all right so let's talk a little bit about uh your 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 job at well not this job you got this job too but when you get through this season and doing all the things like recognizing the 93 team which you're going to do and by the way one mm-hmm. thing i like about what you do coach is that you do uh, have you remind these people of the legacy they have because it's easy to forget about these great teams and '93, mm-hmm. as you point out, was one of your best and they set the tone. They were in the middle of that great run of four SEC championships or whatever, uh, which will you know, never get be done again. Probably I don't know. Nonetheless, uh, talk about the '93 team. Let's then let's shift forward mm-hmm. a little bit about what's ahead for you. '93, of course, you had the great receivers. Uh, you had to Werfel just sort of coming along now, starting to move up a little bit. And who all do you want to want to talk about that team? Well, buddy, uh, yeah, yeah. Going back before talking about the '93 team, one thing I think a coach has to do is he has to convince his players what's in it for me. You know, we we tell our players we we need to beat these guys, we need to be in great shape, we need to love each other, we need to all do do this, that, and the other. And they say, well, you know, I, I know what's in it for you. If you win a bunch of games, you're going to make a whole lot more money. What's in it for us? And uh, so, so so I always said, let me tell you what. If if we're fortunate enough to win a championship, fellas, that's a memory of a lifetime. That We're going to celebrate that the rest of our lives. We're going to have reunions. When we come back to Florida, they're going to honor this team and that team. So if we win the SEC, we're going to bring you back, and we're going to celebrate it again and again and again. So uh, – at Florida, we, we wait 25 years to do it. At Duke, we waited five years. Uh, that 89 team, we've been coming back 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and it'll be 30 in 2019. But uh, anyway, we wait 25 years, and they're coming back uh, September 8th, uh, the Kentucky game. And I really believe, buddy, that 93 team, in my opinion, was the best team in Florida history up to that point. Uh, we won 11 games for the first time ever. Won the Sugar Bowl for the first time ever, and 
finished oh fourth or fifth in the country, something like that, in both the polls. Yeah, so it was a really good team. Lost to FSU that actually won the national championship. Close game here in the swamp. Uh, that was when they hit Warwick Dunn in the flat. and I don't know what happened. Everybody got out of the way. He went 80 yards for a touchdown. But uh, anyway, we lost that one, and we lost a close one to Auburn, 38-35, a game we could have, would have, should have, but we didn't win it. And I like to tell our players, I said, you know, we look back and say, yeah, we could have won that, but you know what? We could have lost maybe the championship game. What's the best one to win, a regular season game or the championship game? And obviously the championship game is the one that's forever. You know, they don't have reunions for runner-up teams. So uh, it was uh, it's neat to get that, those SEC championships and honor those guys coming back this coming year. All right, it, you're, and by the way, it is also the uh, another anniversary for the 2018, which won a national championship. Naturally, I think uh, they're coming back for the LSU game. LSU yeah, game, right. certainly. It'd be right. 10 years. And, and that game was on TV uh, last night, SEC Network. Right, you're saying. Showing a lot of Gator okay. highlights. Yeah. Uh, somebody told me our 96 game was on one one night this mm-hmm. past week. I didn't Florida see it. week, I believe. But, I think uh, they're showing a lot of the Florida yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. I know it's not a lot to say, not knowing what's going to happen. But from the standpoint of our friend Arby Meyer, who's going through a tough time right now, we know, and we want to get in one side or the other here. I know what your policy's been on that kind of stuff. But just from the standpoint of a protocol, you know, you, you had your own. But what is the protocol? If you got a guy on your staff who's having marital problems, I mean, you, how, when, when do you know how to get in, involved in? I mean, when do you not? And it becomes a matter of police record than it is. I'm not sure. But it just occurred to me that do you, you don't really probe into the marriage of every assistant coach, do you? Well, I don't, I don't really believe I've ever had an assistant coach that uh, even was getting divorced or, you know, arguing and fighting with his wife. I don't think we ever had one. Uh, but, but I really believe that Urban did not know the severity of, of this, this, this guy, Zach Smith, and his wife's problems. I, I just... I just, I just, I just think maybe the uh, the coach didn't tell him, you know, all the story and, and whatever. Uh, but obviously, uh, he kept saying, "I've never hit my wife." We were just arguing or something like that. I, I think that's all that Urban really knew about it. But I, I, I don't know all the details. But I, I know that I do. We all believe that if he knew the guy physically hit her or whatever he would have let the guy go immediately yeah. uh, but I don't, I don't know if that ever came to life so I, I hope i hope he survives this mess i really do yeah. i think he's a heck of a coach and i consider a good friend and, and that's not who he is anyway so uh anyway uh, yeah, yeah. wish him the best he and but again. obviously there was there were some issues there that i don't think a lot of people knew about sometimes you know they, they had those things you know i was talking about lawrence phillips Back in 1995, mm-hmm. there's no way he could have played in that game. Uh, you know, he beating up his girlfriend, dragging her up downstairs, and this, that, and the other. Uh, but it's a it's a different day now, completely. And, uh, and you know, I, I just don't think he knew the severity of the situation. Like I say, hope he survives it, uh, Coach. How long now? We're going to start hearing about your your assistant coaches soon. Whenever you announce your coaching staff there in Orlando, do you have a nickname yet? Well, I've announced a few of them. Okay, uh, who do you, who uh, you got? And uh, a bunch of guys that were with me at Duke and Florida: Bob Sanders, uh, Jimmy Collins, Rod Broadway, and uh, Jimmy Ray Stevens, who was the old line coach here, hmm. I think, for nine of my twelve years. And uh, uh, Jimmy Ray's coming. So we got uh, we got uh, four of them right there, and then some other guys we're sort of waiting on that uh, are coaching somewhere else right mm-hmm. now. So we'll announce those guys a little later. But all these guys uh, have uh, you know sort of had their run, and they're sort of out right now, and uh, they're ready to get back in it. They're they're fired up like I am to see if we can put a team together to win the Alliance Championship. That's going to be fun to watch. I'm glad to see those guys back together again. I know you told me this off the record last week. I wasn't sure if you'd announced it or not, but that's going to be fun and be like an old homecoming here to see those guys again. And uh, All right, Steve. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate I'll tell you. i you what, buddy. I, and uh, I think the Orlando area is, is fired up about having a pro team there. And we're going to do our best to really give them a team they can be proud of, a team that can score a bunch of points, play excellent defense, and win. You know, that's what it's all about, trying to beat the other guy. So I think uh, the Orlando area people are really ready for us. 
really appreciate UCF, uh, Danny White, Scott Carr. Uh, Bill Carson is one of the associate ADs there at UCF. And uh, we're going to practice and play our games there. So it, I think it's an excellent situation for us. That's going to be fun. I know you're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to seeing it as well, Coach. Appreciate it very much. Okay, thanks, buddy. Appreciate Talk you, to you soon. Time. Coach Steve Spurrier, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, head ball coach, you're good to hear from him. We're running behind tonight. I've been very, very busy. I want to be sure and put the number or tell you about the number. Uh, the Megan Mullen family and I of kind of quarterback club, uh, those tickets are going to go fast. And if you have an interest, you need to get in touch with the folks at the quarterback club. I'm going to give you this number, um, and I'll try to put it on the screen later. I've announced it almost every night. Uh, and it's a number you can call to find out about membership in the Ocala Quarterback Club. Limited membership this year. It's going to be full. And the Megan Mullen Family Night again at Center State Bank coming up on the 22nd of August. Uh, it'll include your your dinner and your speaking engagement and a chance to, to meet Scott Bradley. We're going to announce his award that night. We already announced the Scott Bradley Trophy for the most outstanding player, uh, high school, six-county area. Uh, and, of course, there'll be many people, You, if you're a football fan, it'll be a terrific night in uh, Ocala and Gainesville. Folks from, from coming from Newberry, the mayor of Newberry himself, Dan Playlock will even be here. So check it out. Again, here's the telephone number for you. Uh, Write this down if you can. I'll put it on the screen later. 352-816-6313. That's 352-816-6213. Tell them you want to know about the tickets for Megan Mullen and the membership for the Quarterback Club if you're so interested. This is a membership drive night. I imagine we'll have 30 or 40 people sign up like we did last year, and we expect to have way over 100 members this year. The lineup is already set for the speaker, so check it out. You should do that. It's something that you'll be glad you did. It's always a special time. One more thing before I go uh, to go to France. We're running a little bit behind with France tonight. Our friends at uh, Renstar Medical Research, I want to be sure and tell you about them. Uh, they are, they've been supporting me for a long time. Uh, on radio and television here, and it's a special group of people. Uh, Scott Brantley's wife, uh, Mary Brantley, and and uh, Joe Sorrentino, his son Joey, played for the Gators. They're great community people. They're great uh, fans, and uh, they are they're running a high high quality patient-centered clinical research facility called Renstar Medical Research. You see it right there on the screen, uh, and they're located in Ocala, Maine. Uh, they do clinical trials. And, and they do uh, these for major drug companies and, and do studies to find out uh, how to deal with things like uh, Alzheimer's, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraine, and fibromyalgia, uh, among other things that, uh, in our community. So they've been around since 1998. They've had over 600 clinical research trials for these pharmaceutical and biomedical companies. So check them out. You can participate in some of the Rinstar uh, cutting-edge clinical trials. Call 352-629-5800. That's 352-629-5800. Rinstar Medical Research seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. If you didn't hear the news earlier, the new sideline reporter for the Florida Gators taking the place of Brady Ackerman is Tate Casey, former tight end, uh, and he's uh, be the be the Guy roaming the sidelines with Mick. Had a talk with Mick last week uh, about who he wanted, and I'm sure he's thrilled to have Tate Casey, who knows the game, works in Jacksonville. I sent uh, a text to Tate, uh, and he was uh, he said, let me know if I can ever help you anyway. He became also the 3,000th member today. How ironic. Tate Casey became a sideline reporter and the 3,000, 3,000th member of Gator Nation Kingdom today. And uh, so we're happy to have Tate. Congratulations. Uh, he's got a Facebook page. You can go on probably and congratulate him if you like. And he'll have him on the program here soon. So a lot of things going on. Don't forget the news today announced, Bubba Ennis announced, that we will have tailgates, Gator Nation Kingdom tailgate parties. Uh, and uh, the we'll person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Okay. Um, and uh, the uh, the deal is that uh, that would be France calling in. Uh, the uh, uh, we will have tailgates every weekend, uh, every game uh, in the uh, of the home game season and Jacksonville. Uh, Bubba Ennis announcing that today. 
and uh, if for more information, go to the Innovation Kingdom page. You need to be a member to be in, involved. Uh, you can find the details there. And that means that Francis Beard, the Iron Duke, will be joining us on, hopefully, most of those tailgates when he's available. Right now, he's the Iron Medivac. He has done a phenomenal thing for his parents. If there's a place in heaven for people who are taking care of their parents, my friend, you got one nailed there. You got one anyway, but you got an extra seat there. So uh, good job. How is your family? Fill us in, Franz Beard. What's going on there with your family? How's everybody? I know I talked to you today. You're taking your mom to the eye doctor. My doctor, Dr. Morris, uh, Ocala Eye, great doctor, by the way. And, uh, hey, uh, I'm glad you're back. How are you feeling? Well, I'm here at the hospital, and uh, you're seeing in the background, I'm, I'm in room 218 here at uh, at the VA, and I'll let everybody say hi to my stepfather. Yes, how are you? How are you feeling over there? I'm getting along. Uh, I know you've been, uh, you had a rough go there with all that surgery. I'm glad to know you made it through well. He's, he's doing much, much better. Today Today was a good day, a good turning point type of day for us. That's here. good. So, That's good to know. It's been a good day all the way around. I'm really glad to know about that. And we had our 3,000th member today in the Gator Nation Kingdom, and it was Tate Casey, who, by the way, happens to also be the new voice of the, uh, the sideline reporter for uh, Mick Hubert. How about that for irony? The new Brady Ackerman. Exactly. Exactly. So, so people online now wishing prayers uh, to your family, friends, Jennifer Lay, uh, Nat Blaylock, et cetera, et cetera, all David Soderquist, wishing you uh, the best of your family. Uh, so uh, all the best. And uh, we certainly hope everybody gets back on their feet and uh, able to give you a little rest for a change because you've been a very busy guy. Well, I appreciate all the prayers. There is, you know, uh, there is something about faith. Uh, it, life's tough if you got faith. It's impossible without it. And so when people of faith pray, good things happen. And so it's, I appreciate all the love and the care and the offers for the help in any way possible. So many people have, have just, you know, made themselves available and, and, and it's much appreciated. I, I thank you. I, I just cannot state enough. Uh, and, and thanks to you, buddy, because I know you, you know, you've been in touch and you've, you know, been in, in prayers to you and your family, and, and that's appreciated. Well, we're just, we're with you. You know we're with you, the whole Gator Nation family, and you and I have been friends a long time, and I just, uh, we're, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, and, and I know your family really appreciates your support. Now, having said that, there's a certain amount of jealousy about your name. <laughs> Some people kind of wish they had one that was as cool as yours. I'm having difficulties. People have uh, title envy. We finally got one for Richie Robinson, who's um, on the oil rig out in uh, out in uh, in in, uh, in uh, Louisiana. He says, by the way, good evening, friends. Uh, Richie is now officially known as the uh, the as the Sergeant of Arms, GNK Sergeant of Arms. Okay, that's the title. We thought about shopkeeper because he's got some really cool things he's rolling out here pretty quick and also he and Laney and also he's done a fa also thought about Ticketmaster because he's gotten tickets uh, for the opening game a block of 40 he's got South Carolina tickets so by the way anybody who wants South Carolina tickets needs to TM Richie and I'll tell you something with these tailgates now they're gonna go like crazy these tailgates so I, my nickname for 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 Richie I thought was the Duke of oil well yeah that's a good one. As in, uh, everybody would think we're talking about, about that he's from Brooklyn. All right, exactly. Know? The Duke right. of Oil, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other great name I heard was Jane Linderman, Jane of the North, and Earl Everett, the Earl of Tackle. Uh, and of course, he had the, the, the tackle in the Ohio State the, game. The headless without, tackle. headless man. tackle man, exactly. So, uh, some great nicknames there for folks. We got them all over the place. And so, Everybody uh, envious of the and, 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 and Bubba Ennis is just Bubba. Bubba, know? yeah. What, what yeah. more can you What more can you say? What, that, exactly. You say Bubba in our group, and everybody knows exactly, exactly what right. you're talking about. Well, but Bubba is also the chief knight too. So, 
uh, you know, he's got that. He's the top knight of all of the people. And, uh, yeah, but I don't think – I think he's happy with Bubba. Uh, so all the names are coming across now for you. Friends, the mans, and what have you. So, uh, anyway, so, friends, I know you've been kind of busy. You haven't had a chance to follow football. You haven't – whatever. I know it's been a really good day, and, uh, you know, uh, and I'm glad to hear about your family. Uh, really happy today to be able to do a couple of things. You'd appreciate this. I, I wouldn't be able to explain it to our members of the GNK, but – Today I finally tracked down another member, a living member of the of the Skywriters Tour and a guy that I've been trying to get to for months, if not years. Located him after about 15 telephone calls, about three and a half weeks of, of looking him up online, all the other stuff, and found him in Indian Wells, California, Bill Bondurant, former sports editor, columnist of the Fort Lauderdale News, alive and well in Indian Wells, California. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Bill, Bill's, Bill's what? He's got to be 90. No, no. Bill's only 79. <clears throat> Is he? Yeah, Bill's only 79. He was managing editor at one time. And the cool thing about Bill was he told me he started telling me stories. He said, I don't know how much I can remember. They started telling me stories about how he used to go fishing with Ray Graves. He'd come up to Gainesville and go to Williston at 5 o'clock in the morning. They'd go over and they'd fish for bass. They'd catch bass over there. And he and Ray were, were good buddies in that regard. So he and Tom. Anyway, it was great to catch up with with Bill, that makes six living members. I think I may have found one more, so part three of the series will eventually get done. But, uh, hey, I, I've been playing Dick Tracy, chasing these people around. So, Also a good day that, as I said, Tate Casey has been hired. He's a 3,000 member. Can you believe we got 3,000 members, friends? You were part of this when we started last December. We oh, talked gosh. about this. And here we are, not even a year, 3,000 people signed up. The, uh, the program for elites is going to be growing all the time. And you've got eventually some news to announce when you get a chance. And we'll just say Francis has got some special role and a special person he's going to bring aboard here soon. And as soon as we get past the health issues, we'll work on that. Yeah. yeah. Good things. You know, good things. This is going to be uh, your one-stop shop. Let's just yeah. say that. When, when it's all said and done. It's going to be your one-stop shop, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, very good. I'm not going to keep you long tonight, friends. I know you got you're very tired. You've had a long night, uh, and you haven't had a chance to read too much. I did love the video of seeing those kids pile in the Presbyterian Church, uh, those Gator football players. That was a really telling moment right there. And um, and and earlier in the night, we talked to uh, Graham Hall about that, and uh, and Dan Mullen was on the front row, and next to him was Kadarius Tony. Well, I, you know, I, I think that Dan's got the program going in the right direction. I, I and we've talked about this at length about the football part of it. Um, you know, we had the, these last, you know, the two hiccups we had there with uh, with Justin Watkins and then the group of guys with the BB guns and dealing with the thug and everything. But you know something? There really hasn't been much trouble. You know, you look at it, the, the program is cleaned up as it's been in in a long, long time as far as the off-the-field stuff is, the off-the-field stuff has been to a minimum. Uh, even this last thing, I mean, uh, Justin Watkins is dismissed from the team. He's not going to be around to have opportunities to mess up again. These other kids, uh, most of them are going to end up with some sort of a, school probation maybe and, and you know a couple three of them may miss a ball game but nobody got arrested nobody did anything that was an arrestable offense so you know dan's got a pretty good streak here of of guys on campus who haven't been arrested i think that's pretty remarkable myself i think it's a a great sign that a guy that really wants to get the program going the right way is doing it um you know one of the things that you got to be able to do is you got to keep your guys eligible you know you you've got to keep your guys able to be on the field and if they're busy off the field first off they're going to be in trouble with law but secondly they're risking their eligibility and i like the fact that that dan's got guys that are that are doing it obviously stand out of trouble. It's also a sign that he's been able to impact the program with leadership 
because when you got good leaders at the top, you have very little, you have fewer problems down below. And it's obvious that he's gotten these guys uh, leading up the top, setting the example, etc., like this, because you look at the, the minimum uh, amounts of problems that we had. The, we had a problem with a, with a, a guy who was an incoming freshman. He's dismissed from the team. Most of these guys that were involved in this incident with uh, Tay, whatever his name is, the, the thug, most of these guys that were involved in, in that were kids who are, who are just freshmen, who are, you know, who, who still haven't figured out that, you know, entitlement ended the day you left high school. Um, so it's a good sign that you, you don't have guys that have been here three and four years in, in the program getting arrested. I, I just, the more Dan Mullins here, the more I'm impressed with. Yeah, he's uh, he's back in his form right now. We got lots to talk about this season. You go get some rest. We'll talk to you again later in the week. Again, all the best to your dad, and uh, I'm glad he's doing better. And uh, it's going to be a good week. And uh, the Gator Nation Kingdom is stronger than ever. On our way, baby. On our way. Well, it, it is it is going to be a good week, and it's going to be a good it's going to be a good August. I I just have a great feeling yeah, about about what's going on here that the that the football program's in good hands and that we got guys that are focused and we got, I guess maybe the best word is, is I, I heard it today talking to a friend of mine who said, we got a hungry football team again. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a word I hadn't a good heard. Thing. In a long, yeah. I hadn't heard that word around here in a long time. I agree. A hungry football team. That's a good thing. Friends, I'm a hungry and a sleepy football guy, so I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All the best to you. Take care. Call me tomorrow whenever you can, all right? Take care. Take Bye-bye. care. All right. France Beard. Francis Beard. He's talking about a guy who's had uh, a rough go now. He's had his whole family medically in, um, involved. About, I mean, his mom, his sister, his stepfather. I'm just thankful he's holding up. So, yeah, Robert, you're right. Touchdown. You're exactly right, buddy. It's a touchdown. GNK made right. Uh, so how so proud of everybody here, everybody doing all the good work, all you all you knights out there. You 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 make me feel feel special just being able to be associated with you. Uh, and um, I want to say a word for um, uh, Richie and Laney. What a terrific job they've done out there. They got some surprises for you coming down the pike here soon, uh, and they've got some wonderful work they've done. They're going to be able to show you. Uh, I know Jennifer's got an announcement coming up soon as well. We're going to be talking to her. Uh, we got more information coming about the tailgates. Man, it's uh, – yeah, thank you, John. I appreciate that comment. Uh, um, and, and I hope you are enjoying the spa. It's a good place uh, to, to be listening to the show tonight. And, uh, man, we've had just a solid lineup all week long and now going to our second week. It's You can feel it, can't you? Can't you feel anticipation? A little tingle in the air now that we it wasn't there before. It's not going to be the perfect season. Uh, it's going to be better than people think. And I, I just sense a joy about Gator football that I haven't felt in seven, eight, nine years. I don't know why, because they haven't won anything yet. I just feel a certain joy about it. And that's why we're missing. Uh, this also, GNK family, uh, is is helping i think it's part part of it is we've been so divided over the past seven or eight years and i think brendan martin deserves a lot of credit for what he said and let's go back to that opening dialogue the first time we decided to get together steve flatman said original 20 members we started talking about the McElwain fiasco and all that and i think it was brendan martin it was brendan who says we need to come together as a sovereign Gator Nation. And we need to have people who are not trying to outdo the other one or saying bad things or trashing or trolling, but actually for the joy of football, which is how Brendan was raised. He knew how he came into this world knowing how much what a great joy Gator football was. And they weren't winning that much then, by the way. 
Um, and so he experienced that, and he he'd been out of the loop for a while. He was just sort of shocked the way people were sort of sniping. All these groups are taking shots at one or the other, and we just kind of circled the wagons and said, who wants to come with us? Because we're going to go over here, and we're going to be different. All right? We're not better than anybody else, but we believe in certain things, which is we don't destroy the character of people. <clears throat> we don't trash people. We can criticize them. We can argue and fight, but we don't trash. Uh, we try to have a little class about what we do. We want to have a safe place where you can come and talk about your team, your Florida Gator team, and, and know you won't get bashed and trashed for it because you have a different opinion. And it just seems to have set the tone right off the bat. Here we are now, what is that, December? What is that, seven months, eight months later, 3,000 people have joined with us to do this, to celebrate Gator football, college football as a whole, especially Gator football. This is a wonderful thing, and I'm proud of you, son, for what you've done because it's your spirit that really got this created. And proud of all you folks out there for what you've done. Everybody has made a contribution. The kindnesses they extend to people, I can tell you countless things of brother helping brother and sister helping sister in GNK. It's just there. That's what makes us special. That's what makes us different than other people. That's why we have 3,000 people because, you know what, they want some of that. And you shouldn't blame them. It's been a good day. It's been a good night. Uh, I've enjoyed being on the show. Congratulations again to all of you. Happy to, that we are made our first big mark of 3,000. Yeah, hail to the Crown Princess right on that. Let's be sure and give him his due on that, folks. And we'll go out with a little salute to the Crown Prince and uh, say we'll catch up to you tomorrow. I don't remember who I've got on tomorrow. I have to check it and see. We've got, I think we got, uh, well, I won't even say. I'll post it tomorrow. We got a, a busy schedule for, for, for guesses, but it's going to be uh, um, a great week again. And it's going to be a great month and a great football season. So I'll say good night, farewell, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, okay?